Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about, well, I initially thought it was about people. We've done several episodes about people, and uh, and you know, in a sense, maybe it still is, but I think it's more, the more I thought about it when we put the show together, it's really about production. It's about efficiently getting things done. Inefficiency in your production line, basically using too much personnel, using too much time uh, to get things done, to, to get things produced for your clients, to get the work that you promised them done, reduces your gross profit. It eats into your gross profit. Um, you know, gross profit is is you, know, you, you get the revenue, the build amount, and then after you pay the direct cost of producing the product, like the hourly work that you have to pay to get the product out the door, what's left over after that is your gross profit. Um, you know, like if you're making a car, you know, what you get the purchase price for the car, then you got to pay for all the materials, the parts, the labor, and then what's left over is your gross profit. And from that, you have to pay yourself your salary and your profit. From that, you have to pay for any marketing your business is going to do. And then for whatever's left over, you've got to run the business. You've got to pay all the admin, the rent, the utilities, everything else to run the business. Um, so whenever you can perform the same quality work for your clients for less, you have more money that you can use for marketing or to pay yourself your profits or both. And so really, this episode is going to be about production, but it's also about people. And the title of today's show is Labor Eats Profits. And my guest today is Liz Goddard. Liz has, I've read, I've read Liz's bio and she's got entrepreneurship in her blood. I'll let her talk more about that, but she's also got deep experience working with and managing people. Um, together with her partner, Nicole Grinnell, they have founded CC My Admin, and I'll let her give you the colons and how to actually spell that all um, in a moment. But that their company solves the dilemma that a lot of us face, that you can't grow your business without employees, but you're often unable to afford the employees you really want without the growth. And so it's sort of a catch-22, and they, they come at that problem for you. I, of course, am your host, Christopher Anderson, and I am an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers achieve success with their law firm businesses. In the Unbillable Hour, every month we explore an area important to help you be a more profitable lawyer through growing your revenues, getting back more of your time, and or getting more professional satisfaction from your business. The Unbillable Hour is dedicated to bringing you guests each month to help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. And of course, before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors. Answer One, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answerone.com. And that's, of course, www, then a dot, then the word answer and the number one Com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice 
better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. And again, today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Labor Eats Profits. And my guest today is Liz Goddard, co-owner of CC My Admin. Liz, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Christopher, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am excited to have you because, you know, as you heard in the intro, I mean, this is, we're going right at the heart of what we talk about, about getting more done, getting more profit, getting more quality for your clients by doing less. And that's kind of what, uh, you know, what I've understood that you have basically dedicated your life and certainly your business to. So if you don't mind, my introductions are always ridiculously short and uh, very uninformative. So I'd like to give you an opportunity, if you will, to tell a little bit more about your background that led you to come at this problem and particularly in legal. Ah, absolutely. So my background, it, it kind of starts, as you mentioned, it's kind of in my blood. My father was a serial entrepreneur, and he owned many different businesses throughout my life. And I saw us either be feast or famine, depending on them. And I learned just by watching him completely be a slave to the business and struggle to grow in certain areas. Um, and if it did grow, it was a tremendous impact on our family. Um, and then I felt that personally because he passed away suddenly when I was 19 years old, I was a sophomore in college wow. and um, got the call and had to come back. And with my brother, who was also very entrepreneurial, um, had all of a sudden been on the board and run this company. And I wow. saw how, I mean, one, inefficiently it had been done because it relied slowly on him. Um, he did have people working underneath him and working with him, but ultimately didn't really share his vision and have the process in place to really scale. Um, but also I was just young and it was just a very difficult experience. And I inherited that in the height of the um, recession. So once we dissolved that company, I went on and said, I'll never own a small business again. Like what, like for total <laughs> suckers, right? <laughs> and I got into well, you, corporate. You certainly HR. had a trial by fire. Yeah. I did. I absolutely did. So I went and got a job in human resources because um, okay. I loved humans, um, which is a funny joke in <laughs> HR. Um, and I'm, I'm sure with attorneys as well, but I really had a strong corporate career there for seven years and learned how inefficient corporations can be um, when they start hiring tons and tons of people and how people just accept that I need to hire people. It needs to be for eight hours a day. And yes, I'm going to hire them for 40 hours worth of work, pay all this extra stuff. And then they're probably only going to work 30 hours a week for me because that's just what you do, right? So when I got burnout on HR, I just kind of said, you know, I, I need to take a step back. I don't know what I'm going to do. I reached out to my good friend who's now my co-owner of CC My Admin, and she had started a virtual assistant business. And she was okay. taking on small clients um, to the point where she was at bandwidth and said, I think there's a lot of businesses out there that need an entire team or an assistant and, and we could help them. And so we partnered together and our first client was an attorney. And we okay. quickly learned how much attorneys need to staff well without having a fixed expense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause attorneys really do face that, um, 
you know, and we'll talk about that a little while, but that dilemma um, that we talked about at, you know, at the top of the show, just like they know they need someone, but they're really worried about affording it, particularly since I think you used a great word with, you know, regarding your your dad's business, but, you know, that, that growing up, you, you tasted that feast or famine. And although in this show we talk about how it doesn't have to be that way, that is the reality of a lot of lawyers um, that haven't worked with me yet, and so you know they're they're really reticent to, to hire full time when their needs go up and down and up and down. Um, so this this really speaks to that. And and so you said your first client was a lawyer. Does that did that lead to you kind of really understanding uh, the legal space um, as opposed to maybe other businesses? It did, and when we service a multitude of businesses. Um, but we found specifically that attorneys and solo and small firms really need quality support, but their caseloads ebb and flow. And we realized that they sometimes they'll bring a lot of people on because they got a big case and they have to let them go. Or they have a paralegal and, oh, they're, they're maxed out, and, but they're not ready to hire another. And so I quickly learned the needs of a small and solo firm. And it just made so much sense that, it, that they didn't need to hire directly in all cases. Yeah. And, and let's, what I'd like to, it's kind of, I want to do this show a little bit backwards. Okay. I want to talk about the solution. I want to talk about, you know, not, not necessarily just what CC my admin does, but the experience that you've grown to know um, about why not hiring full-time may, might work. But before we get there, I want to get to some of the effects that we're seeing by people not, by delaying hiring, overworking their people. Um, and one of the first things that I wanted to talk to you about was, was that I think you've, you've mentioned that you experienced, I've certainly experienced in my work, that a lot of small firm owners and a lot of small law firm lawyers lose focus on getting new clients um, and, that, and that this is actually part of that. So could you talk a little bit about why you feel that, that a lot of small law firms are not getting focused on getting new clients um, or even building their current clients uh, around this problem? Absolutely. And it's one of the first things I noticed was an attorney either goes out on their own or maybe they've, they've always been on their own and they've like, hung their shingle and they think, great, I've got a client or I've got a couple flagship clients. And then they realize that it's more than just practicing law. It's more than just doing that billable hour. And they start saying, oh, wait, I have to market. Oh, wait, I have to prospect. And I actually have to build a time. And then a client really can't afford for me to use my rate. So now I'm going to do the work like a paralegal would do, but I'm just charging the paralegal rate. And then I need to make sure that I'm billing. And so before you know it, these owners of the firm are spending less time getting more clients and they're spending all their time. They're up till midnight or two o'clock in the morning, making sure their time is in or making sure they're billing their clients, making sure their Facebook ads are going out and they're exhausted and they are They've lost track of why they started the business, which was to get more clients, to service with clients, to be able to bill at what they're really worth. Yeah. And so that's just a common thing I kept seeing. And you're so right. I mean, and that's that's what brings a lot of lawyers to my business as well, um, is that they, I think the way you just phrased it is exactly it. They've lost sight, um, or I think it's better to say they've lost connection with why they got into this in the first place, because they... Uh, uh, in the words of uh, the E Myth Revisited, um, you know the, the the woman in that book uh, loved baking pies. Her grandmother taught her to bake pies. She loved baking pies, and so she opens a pie business. And before you know it, like she's hating making pies because it's all she's doing, and the business is demanding so much more of her. And then what we see is that these lawyers that that get caught up in this bad, vicious cycle 
actually hesitate to get more clients, hesitate to do any more marketing, hesitate to do more sales, hesitate to grow their business because in their minds, they directly associate more clients, more business with more work, less sleep, more aggravation, less knowledge of what their kids look like. And, uh, and, and, and that, that's, you know, where they find you. Um, and, and sometimes where they find me. To your point, I've talked to so many attorneys who said, I've turned off my marketing funnel because I can't take any more work. And I think, what? Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) That's ridiculous. That's not the answer. No, no. And it, and what they don't realize with that, and I don't want to go too much, uh, too, too much sideways on this, but I want the listeners to hear this, right? The, The problem with that is when you turn it off and turn it on and turn it off and turn it on, Every time you do that, you lose momentum. And every time you turn it back on, it's more expensive. And the the process of getting new clients gets harder. And that inconsistent marketing costs you so much. Um, and so what they find is, going back to your words, feast or famine, right? They turn it off because they're too busy. Then they do all the work. And all, uh-oh, there's no work left to do. Now there's no money coming in. Let's turn on the marketing. And one month goes by, two months goes by. Okay, now the work's coming in. Oh, now I'm too busy. I'll turn it off. And, you know, that 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 roller coaster just keeps going. And I think what we're going to be talking about here is a really big solution to that. But I want to get to one more effect and ask you about this because we talked about how they get hesitant to do marketing. They don't even have time or they're spending all night doing their bills, um, which is like the bane of everybody's existence. And then this horrible thing happens that they're working harder, they're working longer, they get a little bit of new business in, but they see that their net profit's not increasing. What what has been your experience with that? That law, law firm owners experience a lack of of increasing profits, even though they're working harder. I think this is probably the most demoralizing thing to any business owner, and you know, partners of law firms are definitely no exception to that. They think I'm working so hard to gain these new clients or to service these clients, and what they're doing is they're wasting their time or they're spending more money than they need to. But maybe it's staff that may be where their money is going. It may be the fact that they're focused on bringing in all these clients, but they're not servicing the current ones. And so they're just, they're, you're having a more attrition. Um, so there's multiple ways you could look at that, but ultimately you're spinning your wheels and you're not going anywhere. And what I see, and I use this example, there's this great book called Essentialism. And it talks about a person who's really good at a multi- multiple things. And little arrows are shooting out of a circle and they're, they're putting their energy in different areas mm-hmm. and they're getting just incrementally further. But if they were to funnel that on one thing or really focus the energy on what they're really, really good at, their, their strong suit, they're going to fly in one direction. And so that's what you see so often is people who are working so hard and at the end of the day, they think, well, I didn't take any more money home. And that was one of the problems that we tried to address when we started the company. Yeah. And you said that book's called Essentialism? Essentialism. And the author is actually, it's escaped me as well. Um, but, <laughs> should, but if you're listening, look it up. It's a great book. Yeah. And and for everybody, even through this, it is Michael Berger. I did uh, finally remember that one. Okay, great. So now now that we've thoroughly depressed our listeners about all these, these problems that occur, <laughs> and, and by the way, this pessimism or this this frustration at the decreased profits doesn't usually even take into, the, into account the fact that that lawyers work in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. They're not even like counting the fact that their their billable rate has gone to like 60 bucks an hour. But we won't even go there. But you know, now that we've thoroughly depressed them, we'll take a break. And uh, what we're going to do when we come back. So we, we're talking with Liz Goddard of CC My Admin. And we've just kind of gone over the uh, the negative effects to a law firm of being in this cycle of this, this catch-22, if you will, of really knowing you need more employees 
um, but at the same time, uh, not feeling like you're able to afford them. And, and that causing these bad effects of being afraid to market, um, turning off your marketing sometimes, not getting bills out on time, and not seeing increasing profits. When we come back, Liz, I want to talk to you about what the pros and cons are about hiring direct and or, and or avoiding hiring direct, as we just talked about, versus outsourcing and how outsourcing can really work for a law firm. Um, but we'll do that right after we hear a word from our sponsors. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than a thousand classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code UNBILLABLE to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. And we're back with the Unbillable Hour. We're talking with Liz Goddard. And we've been talking about the effects um, that, that a lot of law firm owners, particularly that are just growing their law firms, you know, from, from solo, true solo to a little bit bigger. But you know, this really happens all along the spectrum about getting caught between knowing they need new employees and not feeling they can afford them and all the negative effects that happen in their businesses. And what we're going to talk about now is what to do about it, right? Because we don't want to leave you all hanging like, okay, life sucks. Um, there's actually lots of great things you could do to get out of that cycle and to really goose the profits of your business and make practicing law in your business a lot more fun. So Liz, what I want to ask you about first is outsourcing. I want to talk about the pros and cons of, of direct hiring, which you know means hiring an employee, whether it's part-time or full-time, and outsourcing that employee. So the first thing I want to do is like really define this. When you hire a W-2 employee, I think a lot of times we don't really consider all the costs of that. So can you kind of run us through what we what what a business owner, what a law firm owner should be thinking about when hiring a W-2 employee? Absolutely. So a W-2 employee, as you mentioned, it could be full-time, it could be part-time. But when we're talking about a W-2 employee, that means that you are going to have to pay your percentage of taxes. You are going to have them do the PTO. If you have a certain amount of employees, you're going to do the um, you're going to have the fringe benefits such as health, dental, life, um, a bunch of other things that you may either consider that in fringe benefits or retention. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be paying for paid holidays. Uh, you're going to again, depending on the size of the company. Um, you may have to do certain audits. You may have 401k matches. So all of these benefits start quickly adding up that total. So maybe you're used to hearing a base rate is $15 an hour. What you really do need to consider are the taxes, the PTO, vacation, um, then not to mention equipment. So if it's a W-2 employee, they can't use their own equipment. They need to be using something that you provide. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be owned by the company as well as the all, everything that's they do is pay for by the company, right? They're typically, you can say they can't work for anybody else. So then you are responsible for filling up their time that they need. Right. Um, so it's always this balance between one recruiting the employee, but also retaining them. And so, yes, you have to do all the legal 
things you need to do to have an employee, but then you also have to remain competitive in the market in order to keep good good staff. Yeah, and quite honestly, these days, you know, a lot of law firms I work with are having a harder and harder time finding good people and a harder and harder time keeping them. So this has become, I think, even more of an issue than it's been in the past as the labor market gets tight. Oh, retention is one of the biggest expenses for employers. It did because the expense of not retaining them is going to be having to recruit and train and the expense of bringing somebody on board. So it's a very expensive thing to A, hire somebody, but then also to retain them. And if you don't, the cost of having to bring somebody else on. It's a big issue right now. I mean, our economy is doing very well, but that comes with that downside of, man, people are poaching my employees and, oh, it's really hard to find good work. Yeah. And so, so, you know, I think a lot of people want to do this though, because they want to have that benefit of having the team that they recruited do things the way that we do things around here, right? You know, this is my firm. We do things the way I do them and we produce the work that is reflective of my business. So how can a law firm owner, how can a business owner get the benefits that those kinds of benefits of having a team without recruiting them, paying them, and retaining them like a traditional W-2 employee? How can they get the same benefits without all that other stuff? There's no doubt about it. The, the negative side that we talked about with the W-2 employee comes at the cost of the pro side of having an employee, which is control, Yeah. right? You get to say when they log on, when they log off, you get to have complete control. So the, the answer to your question is sort of blending the two together. So mm-hmm. having a 1099 or outsourcing using a vendor means that you do have to give them some flexibility, but you still call the shots and how, in terms of deliverables. So you set how your expectations of how they should follow your processes, how they should interact with your clients. Um, so you're still getting to control that portion of what they're doing, but what you're not controlling is hey, you're going to clock in from this day, this time, this time, and you're going to work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's really more using them in a sense of said, this is what I need done, and I need it done by this date. And so in that sense, you do have control. And control are the things that really do matter. You get to say, this is how I like it to be completed, and as long as you get it done when I need it done, I don't care when you work. So that's the downside of a 1099 is they're not going to be on call from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., but the good side is they're going to get everything they need to get done or they're not meeting your requirements as a contractor and then you can let them go. Yeah. And like you said, you know, the, this could be 1099. Like the law firm could do this as a 1099, just have some contractors. And I just <laughs> have to say, not giving legal advice here on the show as to what when there's a 1099 versus when they're an employee, just make sure you consult with uh with a, uh, if you're doing it yourself, make sure you're consulting with a labor or employment lawyer to make sure you don't run afoul of thinking they're a 1099. Because you know what? Not for nothing, Liz. I know, unfortunately, a lot of business owners who think like if they just say um, you're a 1099 now, that that makes it so, and uh, and they they are often rudely um, awakened that that's not so. And that's where using a vendor can actually be very helpful. Yes, and Chris, that makes me cringe. Yeah. That makes me cringe when people say like, oh, they're 1099s. I'm thinking, I mean, my background was in human resources. Yeah. And I think, oh, it's not. I mean, if you are hiring them directly as a company, you need to be very careful and speak to an employment attorney to make sure that you understand the clear lines. And, and that is, again, as you said, a huge benefit to using a vendor because they've already had those conversations with employment attorneys. And so, but what I wanted to like ask you to talk about with regards to this, because you said, you know, you lose, you lose some of the control of having them there all the time, but using a vendor or using a 1099, um, but since you're a vendor, let's speak to it from, from your perspective. 
like, do you still, are you still able to retain the control of this is how we do things? This is the process I want you to follow. This is the checklist. Um, this is, this is the templates you use. This is the work product, what it should look like. Can you still accomplish those things? Yes, you absolutely can. And I can give you an example. Yeah. So let's say you're using a paralegal and you want to say, Hey, these are the templates that our firm likes to use. Here is the client and here's the objective. And I need it filed by X date. Right. Those are terms to say, this is how our business runs and our processes, but I'm not telling them how to do the work. I'm not telling them when to do the work. And therefore that 1099 relationship is still intact and very clear. Good. Yeah. So that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. It's a lot more comforting. What kind of roles have you seen lawyers be really successful in outsourcing? Like, can you, can you outsource everything or what, 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 what roles are best outsourced from a firm? Well, every firm is going to be a little different because each attorney has their strong suit. But generically speaking, a solo to small firm needs someone who's going to be answering those leads coming in. So answering phone calls. And the great thing about what we do, and even your um, one of your sponsors, Answer One, they're going to answer those calls. Right. Um, and you're not paying for someone to be on full. Like you're not going to have someone sitting in a reception desk who is twiddling their thumbs for three hours a day because you aren't really getting that many calls. So we set somebody up with a virtual receptionist who's going to take all their calls and they're also going to calendar anything and they're going to make sure that you're not answering the phone. So you're not giving away free legal advice, which we all know happens when people are calling just for a quick question. So um, that's incredibly important. Um, And that person is also the legal assistant and they're going to be handling anything that is not billable to the client. You should not be paying a paralegal to be doing something that is not billable. And you certainly shouldn't be paying yourself or another uh, associate that isn't going to be billable to the client. So we partner them with a legal assistant who handles the e-filing, who handles, you know, drafting engagement letters. And again, depending on the practice area, it's going to, it's going to decide what that legal assistant is going to be doing. Um, But they handle, they're the lowest price point and they're going to handle all things that's not billable. And then they would also get a paralegal. And they're only going to use that paralegal to be doing billable tasks. And we say if that if that paralegal's hours that any vendor is billing you is eighty five percent or is it eighty five percent or higher billable, then you need to look at how you're running your firm because mm-hmm. it's not running efficient. Right. And then of course you as the owner or an associate needs to be doing primarily billable tasks. And then we kind of set all of that off with somebody who does just time entry and billing. And actually, when I said earlier, the legal assistant was the lowest one, um, paid one. Actually, that one who's doing your time entry is going to be your very lowest paid outsourced person. And they're just entering your billable time. And they're going to make sure that it is entered into your case management system or they're sending it to the carriers, making sure that it's word just correctly. They're keeping up with carrier guidelines so you don't get pushback on your invoices. They're making sure invoices go out and they're making sure you get paid. So often I talk to solo attorneys who are like, oh, I did the work, but I forgot to invoice it. Yeah. And it's like, well, then why did you even do it? <laughs> yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I often, like I, I have a saying, as I said, that uh, you know, your customers and clients will have the same level of urgency around paying your bills as you had in getting them out the door. And that that is, yeah, that is a huge bane of the existence. So you're saying you could actually outsource that time entry and billing and collecting the money? You're, those are all th- three things that can be done outside the business? Absolutely. In fact, that should be their sole role. They should wake up in the morning and say, I want to look at Chris's receivables and see who hasn't paid and let me call them. Let me send them emails. Let me see what's going on. Let me update Chris on what's 
on what's outstanding. I can't get a hold of that client. Maybe he can. Uh, because when you are splitting your attention to so many things, something has to suffer. And that should not suffer because that's your cash. Yeah, flow. that alone, that alone would make so many of the listeners of this show make their lives so much better. Um, that's a really, really great tip. We're going to hear from our sponsors here in a second. We're talking with Liz Goddard, and we're talking about the advantages of outsourcing functions of your business um, so that you can focus and your business can focus on what really matters. Um, and also so that you can scale. You can flex up, flex down um, with the employees. Um, we just talked about uh, outsourcing that billing, uh, time entry and billing management, which is an unbelievable concept. That's, that's fantastic. Um, what I want to talk about when we come back, Liz, is I'm going to ask you a little bit about the owner, him, him or herself. You mentioned a little bit about the owner like needing to focus on billable stuff. But we, what I want to really talk about is like how owners get caught up doing a whole bunch of stuff um, that they shouldn't be doing. And I'm going to ask you whether you can outsource that as well, like both business and personal stuff. And i uh, got a few more questions for you, but we'll do all that right after hearing a word from our sponsors. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. And welcome back to the Unbillable Hour, uh, where we've been talking with Liz Goddard. She's the co-owner of CC My Admin. Um, and uh, we've been talking to her about uh, the ability to use outsourced or outside the law firm contractors or vendors that supply contractors um, to get a lot of functions done um, that, uh, that that need to be done more and less as business goes up and down and so that the, the law firm can focus on the important stuff. Um, and so Liz, I, I said that I wanted to ask you about when we, when we came back about the owner, him or herself. I think a lot of owners get caught up doing, well, we just talked about billing, so that's a huge one. But just other stuff like, uh, you know, just administrative functions, um, checking their email, reading the mail, um, and there's a bunch more. I mean, I'm sure you know more than I do. Uh, what kind of things can the owner take off their plate so they can focus more on being a business owner? The answer is it varies by each attorney. Sure. But what the way we focus is we say, we're speaking to the owner and saying, what is the one thing that you're really good at, that you're passionate about? Um, what helps your firm grow? And they list that out. And then we say, let's flip it. What stays at the bottom of your to-do list? Or what do you push off because you really don't like it? Or what keeps you distracted? And what we've just done is we've now created a delegation list. And so maybe that is remembering, you know, to put my kids' soccer games on my calendar. Maybe yeah. if I get, you know, 100 emails a day and three of them really matter. And three are the ones that I actually have to answer. And so... We'll use the inbox as an example. So then we 
we supply them with a legal assistant who is really just becomes their right hand. And yes, they're e-filing and they're handling the calendar and they're doing client intake, but they're also helping streamline the owner's life. And they are, they're responding to all the emails. They're putting things on people's calendars. They're kicking it to the right team member if it doesn't need to be um, handled by the partner. So that's a great example. Another one is I was talking to a couple the other day, both attorneys with two separate firms and their quality time together at night is entering their billable time. How romantic at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're both watching TV and entering their billable time. And, and so, you know, we took over that, that portion of it and they're like, wow, we got two hours back from our day. It's things that you think that are just status quo that just don't have to be there. Like don't accept the norm of what has always been because Chris, the way people are doing business is completely changing. And, and so should the way you staff and so should be the way you live your life because you now have the technology. There are case management systems out there that are just helping you run your firm. Like you should take advantage of that. Yeah, no, it is. I, I think that's a really good point too. I mean, we're, we're all getting used to it, right? We're getting used to the fact that we can have a car ride anytime we want one um, just by using an app. We're getting used to the fact that we don't, you know, when I was a kid, um, before we went on vacation, you know, you had to go to the bank on Friday and get money, um, you know, and go and you had to talk to a teller. I mean, all these things are changing, 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 and the way you staff and and solve things in your law firm is changing too. And I love the examples of things you know, that you're right. Law firm owners are out there just thinking these are things law firm owners do. Law firm owners do their own books. Law firm owners do their own bills. Law firm owners call and do collections. Law firm owners pay the utilities for the business. Law firm owners, lock up, all these things that you're talking about, you're a good, I love the, the words you used, a right-hand person can do for them and make their lives much better and enable them to focus on the business. And I would add to that and say, I've seen firms say, listen, we've done small firms and large firms and say, hey, if you don't want to enter your own time and you want an assistant to do this, that's fine. But my expectation is that if you are no longer entering your time, then you should have an hour extra of billable time this yes. week or this month. Because yeah. that's when you really start seeing that benefit of delegating. Um, I, so the challenge is, yes, trusting and delegating and, and investing in that person. But the flip side is that, like, now go do what you're good at. Like, do what you actually enjoy. Wouldn't you rather handle, give three hours of something you don't enjoy and do one hour of something you do to pay for it and actually make more money? Like that's the dream. Yeah, either bill or make rain, right? Uh, one of those two things. So get get some marketing done, get some networking done, get some sales done, or get some billing done. Um, uh, billable work, I mean, not not writing out the bills. Um, I do want to ask because a lot of people are going to think about this. Like there are some things, taking my cleaning, right, uh, picking up the kids. Um, there's some things that just need a warm body. You have to have a physical person. Is there a non-W-2? Can you, I think that the word is in-source, can you still have this contract relationship? Can you have a non-W-2 solution for some of that stuff where you need admin help on an ad hoc basis, but it needs to be a warm body? I would be careful with having somebody in the office doing doing work um, and considering it 1099. Mm-hmm. So again, I would advise that you you know talk to an attorney before you do that. But um, what we have seen people do is say, you know, hey, 90% of my administrative work I want done by higher tiered US-based people, but I really need someone to scan paperwork back at the office. And that's where we say, we don't, your firm may not be completely virtual and that's okay. 
you may want to hire somebody who is in college and pay them $10 an hour. And yes, it's W-2 and maybe they work four hours a day, but they come in and they handle that ad hoc stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, we're able to help attorneys where we can run, do a runner almost, send in, scan documents, and then and then move on. So that is possibility, but I would be careful before you'd bring somebody in the office and call them a 1099. Uh, but what we see often is someone brings them in at a much lower price point um, that can handle just the true handing documents if it's paper. But most companies really don't need need that anymore because we're such a paperless um, world out there. Yeah, at least most of us aspire to be, right? So mm-hmm. as, as we get close to the end, one of the things I just, I can, I know this is a podcast and I can't really hear my listeners right now at this very moment, but I kind of can. And one of the things that I'm feeling through the universe that they're concerned about in this conversation is security. You know, when I hire people in my law firm, I have my hands on them. I give them the stern talk about confidentiality. I give them a stern talk about, you know, keeping, you know, not talking to other lawyers about our stuff. How do we solve for this? How do we talk to lawyers about being able to outsource but still solve for their concerns about um, security when working with virtual team members? That's a huge concern. So the fact yeah. that you're feeling your audience listening, you know, feeling that is, is accurate because we get that question all the time. And the answer is a really great agreement. So the agreement that you're working with, whatever vendor you're using, you want to make sure that you really are covered, um, not only from a confidentiality standpoint, but make sure that they have the insurance to back it up, which is actually a lot nicer than yes. you can't you can't really get that if you hire a W-2 employee. You no. absorb all of the risk. So with using a vendor, you, you have somebody and you have, if they're good, a strong insurance policy to further protect you and make you feel comfortable. Additionally, you just want to make sure you check like how, if this is a virtual environment and they're not sitting on your computer, how are they handling your documents? And I would get you to look into, you know, what are their practices to make, to ensure their paralegals and legal assistants aren't storing things on their, their desktop. Um, We have our own procedures that we do that we have thorough audits on and we, and we make sure it can go into that, but you just want to make sure you're double checking the policies and procedures of that vendor and make sure they align with your security comforts. Um, as well as, you know, as I'm talking to audience of attorneys, make sure you read the agreement and understand that <laughs> the confidentiality privileges are in there. Yeah. And occasionally, some people say, you know what, I like your agreement, but I love a belt and suspenders approach. I'd love for you then to sign an NDA. And that's no problem. And, and if someone has a problem with that, you probably don't want to work with them. Exactly. Very, very cool. All right. For our last question, um, I was hoping you might be able to help the listeners. You know, they're, they're listening to this thing. This is, this sounds great. But how do I know with this particular function, you know, whether it be a, a virtual ad uh, or an assistant for me or a legal assistant or a, a paralegal, is there a way, is there a test that you can give me to help me decide whether this is a hire or this is an outsource? What, what would you say to that question? When you say, is there a test, do you mean here's a list of tasks and how do I know which can be outsourced and which can be brought in house? Yeah. Or if, yeah, let's say just, I have a job description. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about hiring a legal administrator or a legal admin, you know, someone to help me with, with legal work, uh, with, you know, copying, or I have a paralegal or I, or I need a law clerk or whatever. How do I make that decision about whether that's a good one to hire or a good one to outsource? 
there's not a test that I know of, and we don't use necessarily formatted tests. Yeah. But what the way we handle it is we go through what we call a needs assessment, and we say lay out the good, bad, and ugly of your firm, and let's see what we think you need. And ultimately, you can go hire W2s for that, or you can use a vendor, or you can use three different vendors. I mean, obviously, we want you to use one, and we want it to be us, but it's not <laughs> always the case. And so the test really is to say, hey, these are not these are not 1099 functions. You really need to hire W2 for that. I'll be the first to tell you that, mainly Perfect. because I don't want the risk, right, as a business owner. And so we'll, we'll push away work just as much as we'll take it. Great. So a good vendor, a good ethical vendor will actually be able to, I think you, the term you used was do a needs assessment. And that's, that's perfect. So just talk to, talk to a good vendor, do a needs assessment, and they'll help you figure out whether this is one that can and should be or outsourced or really should be hired in-house. I think that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. Our guest today has been Liz Goddard, the co-owner of CC My Admin. Liz, thanks so much for being on the show. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Ecstatic to talk to a lot of attorneys. Um, we love them and we want to see them thrive, as I know you do. Yeah, absolutely. To that point, um, you know, the show is only 35 minutes long and, and I'm sure that We've left a lot of questions unanswered. So if people want to learn more about CC My Admin or just have some questions that they want to get answered by someone who knows a lot more about it, I know your website is www.ccmyadmin.com. But uh, is there a Twitter or a Facebook or any other way they should get in touch with you or email? We do. We have Facebook, which is just CC My Admin. Yeah. Um, we have an Instagram, again, CC My Admin. You can look me up on LinkedIn, Liz Goddard. We also have a business page, but the best way to get a hold of us is to go to that website. Everything you want to know is on there. There's frequently asked questions. If you want to reach out, talk to somebody, you can click on um, talk to us and we'll schedule appointments. So that's really the best, the best place you can go is our website. Perfect. Thank you. All right. This is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.